In 2001, the movie Blow, with the now pariah Johnny Depp in the lead role, was released. It dealt with the rise and fall of drug kingpin George Young. Some sources think that Young did more to accelerate the cocaine and crack boom in North America that started in the late 1970s than any other individual. In the audience at an early showing of Blow was director Barry Levinson, acclaimed for films as different as Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam, Bugsy, and Paterno. As it came on, he turned to his wife as he was totally surprised and said, So that's what happened to my old friend George. In the late 1960s, Barry, who was from Baltimore, drifted like so many other people did out to California, ending up in Manhattan Beach where he met George Young. They were both barely scraping on a living, but they were youthful, not yet concerned with vocation or direction. George was keen on taking acting lessons in Hollywood and cajoled a very reluctant Barry to also join, so they could alternate car sharing for the long drive up and back. George quickly dropped out of both the classes and Barry's life. But Barry kept at it, getting something out of these classes, even though he wasn't dead set on becoming an actor. During the course of the classes, he struck up a friendship with Craig T. Nelson, most famously known as Coach on TV and as the voice of Mr. Incredible. The two of them started out as a comedy sketch team doing gigs everywhere, including one hilarious incident as lawyers in a court with live pigs. <laughs> Not surprisingly, things got out of control, as did the laughter. But acting and improv weren't doing it for Barry, who shifted into comedy writing, something he was quite good at, pigs running amok notwithstanding. He wrote for several comedy shows before landing with Mel Brooks in the mid-1970s, some eight years after last seeing George, and started taking classes. Mel turned out to be great for Barry, not just helping his writing, but introducing Barry to directing, casting, shooting, and editing. They often went to lunch together and Barry told Mel about growing up in Baltimore and all the crazy friends he had. Towards the end of High Anxiety, Barry mentioned to Mel that he would love to do his own movie, but he had absolutely no ideas. Mel turned to him and said, What are you talking about? You have all these great, different, interesting characters you grew up with. There's your material right there. Barry then turned his life experiences into the acclaimed movie Diner. And as they say, the rest is history. But you may be thinking, what does any of this have to do with becoming a consulting entrepreneur? We'll be right back to find out. This is Explorations for Consulting Entrepreneurs. Each season, we dive deeply into core components that make up a successful consultancy. Our focus is to provide information, ideas, and points of view for the practicing consulting entrepreneur who are dealing with these issues in their practice. In our kickoff season, we look at the factors that loom large as one becomes a successful consulting entrepreneur. The movie industry is one of the metaphors I use for understanding consulting. A film production involves a large number of different highly skilled individuals, from key grips and actors to wardrobe and foley artists, all together to create a unique outcome, a movie, before everyone disbands and moves on to another production. 
Similarly, most consulting work involves different expertises and skill sets combined together on a project to help a client create something new for their organization. Things like a new process for handling customer service, revised human resource policies and frameworks to deal with a hybrid workplace, or a new application for any one of a dozen processes. In the movie industry, the mechanisms for starting as a director-producer, their equivalent of an entrepreneur, are the same as they are in consulting. Let's review the key things which I'm calling entrepreneurial seeds from Barry's story. Networking. Some of the names may be famous or infamous in the case of George, but people are more than important. They are crucial to your success, and mostly in unplanned and unexpected ways. Two. You need to learn your craft or expertise, which for Barry was making films before you can be an entrepreneur. It took Barry from 1967 until the late 1970s before he was ready to launch. He had an incredible mentor in Mel Brooks, which really made a difference. Again, another key aspect of networking. Three is timing. It was uncanny how meeting certain people were doing certain things at certain times, again, difficult to pre-plan, was instrumental to Barry Levinson. And finally, there's uniqueness. In the end, Barry's success was about an amazing combination of life background, experiences, and interests that then he wove into a unique expression of what he wanted to say on the screen. So let's look at these key seeds in shaping the destiny of a consulting entrepreneur. If I look at myself, there is a similar serendipity to the arc of my consulting career. People in the early stages of being a consultant, well before even thinking about whether they have the interest, inclination, or capability to be an entrepreneur, hate to hear that message, but it's the honest truth. Even looking at the first six people I'm going to feature on my Discover Your Consulting Path, podcast. Their stories are similar to mine. Chance, unexpected mentors, unique backgrounds, their own network building. Then the timing worked and off they went. What exact course you took at university or being on the quote unquote best projects end up not being that important. So here is my story in a nutshell. I met one guy while being recruited out of university. And when that's combined with my desire to live in Vancouver, that got me into consulting. I had many better opportunities upon graduation, but I took that one. I then learned my craft, my know-how, getting outstanding experience, preparation, and mentoring at Accenture. I spent a lot of time also on something different, know who. As a business analyst, I had an insatiable curiosity for finding out how my clients' businesses worked. It also helped me to build a strategic network. I parlayed a unique background for consulting at that time, older, non-technical, mathematical, and expert in finance into a set of marketable consulting expertises. When the decision came to become a partner with Accenture, go off and do something completely different, I knew I was ready to start my own business. Being an entrepreneur is an exciting adventure, but it's also an ongoing challenge to ensure that you get out what you put in. So we hope you're enjoying this episode of Explorations for Consulting Entrepreneurs. It helps us a lot if you like this episode on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. 
Check the show notes for more information about this episode's topic or to sign up for our bi-weekly newsletter that provides insights and intelligence about running your own consultancy. Let's take a deeper look at each of these entrepreneurial seeds, starting with networking. Networking is not about just connecting people. It's about connecting people with people, people with ideas, and people with opportunities. Michelle Janae. Over my consulting career, I have sold tens of millions of dollars in projects and hired several hundred consultants. But when I look back on this, I think that the number one reason that I was able to achieve this was from my network. At the beginning, I was just curious about learning from others, but then I realized that I needed to strategically build a deep and diverse network. I spent more and more time on just that, connecting with people. But here is the one thing about your network. There is no way in looking back that I could have told you in advance who say the best eight people in my network would be for my success. These people provided emotional support sales and partnering opportunities, and sources of talent. To many degrees, a network is like a portfolio. You never know what people will be there for you. They change roles and interests and values over their life, so stay with them through the long haul. For example, I talked to one person recently who wanted to start a specialist consulting firm. He had over eight years of great experience across a number of clients. When I talked to him about his network to help him launch, he hardly knew what I was talking about. Like many consultants, he just did the consulting work and never built relationships. He thought he would just put up a few messages on social media and the projects would magically appear. This is one of the worst ways to develop a consulting business. In fact, people that I chased or thought were going to be golden weren't. Let me give you an example. When I started out with my first firm, there was a rising star at one of my clients. We had worked together successfully and I knew that she would continue her upward ascent. So I consciously made extra efforts to network with her, coffee, lunch, sending her helpful information. Soon she left to be a CFO at another firm and we kept getting together and talking, all pleasant, all amiable. But after 10 years, I realized she was never going to really help me from a client or talent perspective. I stopped then chasing people I thought would be good for me and kept on with people I liked, admired, and learned from. Now, mentors are a special type of person in your network. But remember, mentors to help you become a consultant are much more prevalent and easier to find than those to help you become an entrepreneur. Earlier in your career, Seek out mentors. I had some great ones that I admired for certain competencies and I asked them to help me, which they did so generously. Even today, my 40-year-old network is still paying off. People that are helping me now came seemingly out of the woodwork because I kept up the regular practice of keeping in touch. So when I decided to start something completely new, many of them reached out to me. Which brings us to the second key seed, timing. This is somewhat beyond your control. You can be ready to make a change or grow your business or do something different, but you cannot force the results. That is why I am a great believer in strategies, processes, and practices, much more than arbitrary plans, objectives, and timetables. Let's give you some examples. Let's look at opportunities. 
Years ago, I got a position as inside sales and recruitment when I really needed a job, and it was based upon a meeting at a VC funding conference a year before. Eight years later, when I was ready to leave that job, as I knew the time was right for a change, but I really had no different plans, I started talking even more to my network. I ended up starting my second consulting business with an account manager who actually approached me about the idea. Let's look at jobs and clients. Over the past three decades, I have sold anchor clients unexpectedly, but by following a disciplined process. When I started my first firm, I got two great clients just by telling them that I was leaving Accenture. I had no expectations about that at all. I got another outstanding client about seven years later when a former colleague got a large promotion and needed some IT assistance. In fact, when I list down my most important clients and projects over the years, they almost all came unexpectedly just by keeping in touch and providing these people with insights, experience, and advice. Now, here's my producer's own experience in this era. Thanks, David. Earlier this year, I was working a radio job in Stony Plain, Alberta. And while the excitement of recording newscasts and the company perks were great, I was tired of talking about the pandemic in almost all of my stories, even in my regular sports beat. Consequently, my mental health was taking a toll. One day, I decided to launch my own digital media company that specialized in podcasting and video production. But first, I needed to prepare. It took a few months during which I developed a website, saved my entire tax return as well as a few months of savings, then quit my radio job to launch my company back here in BC. I made a post on LinkedIn to let my connections know I was open to help them with any media editing or producing. I had some part-timers reach out to me, but what I really needed was one full-time gig to last me through the winter months. Who knew connecting could be so tricky? David, whom I've had the pleasure of working for after my university days, sent me a message to chat about a new project. We had a virtual meetup and decided to get going. So here, I'm helping David with podcasting, videos, and more. But I couldn't have predicted this opportunity. It's all about networking and timing. Thanks very much for that, Andrew. The final seed is your uniqueness. That's you being you. Consulting entrepreneurship should be a unique reflection of who you are, who you know, and what roads you want to explore. It isn't about the sameness, people saying, follow my model and you could be just like me. It is about being different. Only recently have I realized that being different is not something you want to hide or squelch or suppress. Amy Gerstler. What does this mean? Forging your interests and experience and background and values into what you want from your consultancy. I parlayed finance, math, and statistics into IT consulting by creating a unique decision support system for currency trading. I then flipped that into strategy setting for information technology. A decade later, I developed some creative approaches and methodologies around business process change, training design, and change management based upon what I had learned about IT strategy at Accenture. Later, using my stats background, I developed a peer or competitive assessment approach to survey all the players in a market on some crucial subject. I garnered their participation by agreeing to share the results with all of them. This became very high profile. 
These examples are all based upon my unique experience, interest, and background to help create compelling competitive advantages. It also means that every job you get assigned to has something to offer. As I said before, I see so many people worrying about a particular university course or a consulting assignment. Here is one example of the converse. I was assigned to help fix up a Lost in the Weeds Museum nonprofit, and at the time I was a pure private sector client person. But at that client, the museum that was in trouble, I learned about and adapted a vendor software selection approach I used for many years afterwards and will use in the future for my forthcoming technology solution service. Not convinced? Here's another example. I reluctantly agreed to sort out a small, ugly, highly political research project on the benefits of workgroup SharePoint sites. In less than a year, that had become the first e-commerce application at a now world-famous specialty athletic gear retailer. So let's recap with important action steps that you can do to help sow your own entrepreneurial seeds. First, networking. Network out of interest and who you like, not just perceived immediate value. Share your experiences and knowledge freely with them. Do it constantly and widely. Make it a regular practice. Listen to them. Spend time on it diligently. Networking is a lot like nutrition and fitness. We know what to do. The hard part is making it a top priority. Herminia Ibarra. Consult your emotions about timing for making changes, but then don't make artificial plans and deadlines. Seek out input and advice from people in your network. Make sure you fully understand exactly what you want out of your consultancy and where you are in your life as values and perspectives change through time. Make every opportunity count. Put together service offerings that are different from your competitors based upon your uniqueness. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There is more information on this topic available in our show notes. Be sure to tune in to our other two series, Discover Your Consulting Path and Build Your Consulting Adventure, available wherever you get your podcasts.